Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 461 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. Today I'm joined by David Bray and, of course, Ben Askren. Got some got some lights in there today, huh? Well, I, I, yeah, I usually do. I think maybe I have a set, a set up a scheduled all today. Hey, you know, I think you might be the new O guy. Uh, you think so? It's pretty good. It's getting pretty good, Kyle. Dang. He's not going to be happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to come back the first day he's back. He's just going to knock it out of the park. Like, it's going to be a really good I'm one. I'm the old guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, actually, as, we're, as we were just getting started here, um, it looks like uh, we got some breaking news from UWW. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Breaking news. Where? Uh, they tweeted out, trio of Olympic licenses reassigned after anti-doping rules violations. What? Wait, what, is, what does that mean? Um... I'm a trio of Olympic license. United World Wrestling this week confirmed that three three wrestlers from the 2019 Senior World Wrestling Championships in Nur Sultan have their results disqualified following anti-doping rules violations. Following doping controls and the results management conducted by the International Testing Agency on behalf of United World Wrestling, the anti-doping rules violations for the presence of prohibited substances have been established against freestyle wrestlers uh, Kajiev from France at 74 kilos. Oh, uh, He's a Russian, though. Yep. Yes, yeah. Vodka Kubota. Um, He's got to be a Russian. 125 kilos, I believe, SYR. What is that, Syria? 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 Yeah, yeah. And Kasimboy Rakimov from Uzbekistan, another Definitely. 125 kilo yep. guy. Definitely Russian. Really? So does that mean Olympic license is reassigned? Does that mean that they took away the qualifying spot from those countries? It appears so. Mm-hmm. Wow. So now... The Olympic qualifying spot is 74 kilograms has gone to Camille Rybicki of Poland. Yep. And then uh, the two at 125 went to Exxon Sala of KOS. It could be Kosovo, that? maybe? Was that Kosovo? Kosovo. And Kosovo, Yudala Meheb- Mehebi of Iran. Wow. I mean, hey, the, this this is crazy. What if this would have happened? Like, why does it take so long to get the drug testing back? Because what if it would have happened a little later after the additional qualifiers right because in in the upcoming qualifiers people who already qualified aren't allowed to wrestle because they don't want to steal spots what if this would have been just a little later yeah i mean that's that's a good question and i mean it does seem like we've been hearing rumors for a long time that there are that there are wrestlers who popped at worlds so Mm -hmm. i don't even know if it's an issue of the testing took a long time or or they're just like slow on you know releasing the information but I feel like yeah, we also heard that there, are, yeah. I feel like we also heard that there there was at least one member of the Russian team that popped, and we haven't heard anything official about that. Uh, that was really you heard that. Mm-hmm. Well, that was the rumor going around I, Twitter. Yeah, that was you know Ivan was was saying that. Mm-hmm. Ivan Freestyle, the big uh, Russian Twitter guy. Well, all all of these guys are 
it appears to me by reading the names, they all look to be Russians, right? Kajib mm-hmm. definitely is. Yeah, uh, he, the he Yep, the Uzbekistan guy, Rakimov, that, that's Russian. And Kubata, I guess I, I'm not sure on that, but it's, it's just a guess. He's probably a Russian also. Yeah, if he's not Russian, he's like the greatest Syrian of all time. Ah, <laughs> 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 for real. No joke on that. Wow. So, hey, at least we're catching some cheaters, right? I know it takes – it seems it's taking a while, but at least we're catching some some bad dudes. Yeah, they, I mean, they found. I'm curious as to how many if the Russians. Sorry, guys, I lost my charging cord. Um, if they will actually test the Russians hard enough uh, to catch them, or if the Russians will actually stop doping, right? Because Russia is no longer for this Olympics going to be tested by Rusada, which we know was a crooked organization. Will they actually be tested, you know, to a standard that other people are tested by, or? Uh, will they actually get off? Will they actually be clean? I think it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, I do too. This, I feel like this whole issue of them removing the qualifying spots from the countries, I mean, it just makes me wonder if Russia is not going to be competing under the Russian flag, but they earned those spots under the Russian flag. They earned those Olympic qualifying spots under the Russian flag. Like, is there how does testing impact them, right? Like if it's not, if they're, I, I don't yeah. know, like their spots aren't being awarded to them by country or taken away by country. Like how does that, well, how does that even work? Yeah, and it is weird because essentially they do have to do it by their country. They just won't officially get to call it Russia because yeah. they have to pick a, re- this, for example, they have to pick a representative and send them to the qualifiers. They can't just be a whole bunch of Russians show up at the qualifiers. That wouldn't be the right thing to do. Yeah. So you can't have that happen. So they they do in fact have to pick who their representative is and who, who's going to go to the qualifier of the Europeans or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, Europeans, they were representing Russia still. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, they were. Huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're going to, so I thought that was interesting. Yeah. They're, I know everyone, like when that news broke, thought Russia wasn't going to be there and nomad was like, guys, they're going to be there and he's dead on. They're going to be there. Yeah. I mean, I'm surprised that more people aren't trying to use that situation to find loopholes. Like, I mean, if, yeah, if, if they're still like, they still have to be kind of country affiliated, then Russia's in charge of that team selection process um, in theory. Right. But if, if somebody is going to go and they're going to be Olympic athlete from Russia, I'm surprised that more people don't just try to go as Olympic athlete from somewhere without a country affiliation or at least explore that possibility. But it seems like so far, everybody's just sort of, um, saying, yeah, okay, we'll we'll just pretend like this is a, a ban and just go about our business as usual. Yeah. <laughs> pretend. <clears throat> for real. All right, now that we got the cheaters out of the way, no room for them in our sport. Um, <laughs> we are we are unlike baseball, and we will not tolerate the cheating. Um, hey, what about Pete Rose? You guys think Pete Rose should be allowed back in the Hall of Fame? A hundred percent. Yes. Yes. Ray. Yeah, I mean, I think it depends on what you want the Hall of Fame to do. But if it's a if it's a measurement of his baseball accomplishments, I think so. Yeah, I mean, I I don't. He always bet on himself. I don't really see what the issue is there. No, I'm with you, Ben. He yeah. he should be in. Yeah, he didn't bet against himself and then lose on purpose. He bet for himself. I I think you should get <laughs> should have got him in earlier because of that. Um, Ben, I know we. We kind of mentioned on here before, I don't know if you remember, uh, someone asked us like our opinions on the Astros cheating scandal. And this was like way before like a bunch of this stuff came out. Um, okay. 
But so the commissioner of Major League Baseball isn't punishing like the players at all. That cheated. what? Yeah, who just the, just the organization him, or what? What's that? Is he gonna punish just the organization? Yeah, they got fined and like their GM and coach are gone. Mm. Um, and I think they lost some draft picks too. But uh, uh. he said he wasn't gonna punish the players because they needed immunity to be able to like tell him what happened. Like. <laughs> Oh, well, well, what you saw it tries doing that. I mean, one of the ways they say they reduce suspensions and they never talk about it. So we don't know if it's true or not. Maybe it's just a gimmick. But they say if you if you help them find other cheaters, they'll reduce your suspension. Wow. Okay. Confidential informant stuff. Yeah. Um, there, well, he's the, what, the commissioner of Major League Baseball. He's scared of grievances getting filed. He, he doesn't want uh, to file grievances with like the players yeah. union because if they get in trouble. Um, it's crazy because all the every other player in Major League Baseball is speaking out against the Astros and the commissioner and saying that they're trash and everything they did. But could couldn't the players just say the coach made me? Couldn't they just say that? I guess they could. It'd be hard to prove. And then I mean, I got to assume. Listen, I'm not a baseball guy, but I, I got to assume that someone else is cheating they can't be the only team that was oh, cheating, no, can they? yeah no that's the thing is uh the red sox are under invasion under investigation right now and like their manager got okay. fired um yeah no they're, they're not the only organization for sure it's like it's it's the opposite of how baseball handled the steroid thing right where they were very much looking for individual <laughs> athletes and they were going to like single out individual athletes despite the fact that it was very much um, you know, kind of, not necessarily institutionalized, but but certainly like it was a little bit. Yeah, sure. I mean, there were there were a lot of a lot of things put in place to make it incentivized for players, and and they really went after individual players in that instance. Whereas here, it's uh, you know very different. So yeah, he, oh. they, it's clear Major League Baseball just wants it to go away. Mm-hmm. And like every day, <laughs> every day the commissioner says something else that like gets him in more hot water, or, or the Astros say something really stupid. It, it's been pretty good drama um but moving on to drama on the mat uh i want to talk about this duel real quick just because it was an awesome duel and we didn't get to talk about it uh yesterday iowa state in northern iowa um iowa state comes from behind when honestly it kind of looked like uh they might not be able to after you know they lose the swing match at 49 with max thompson and then Peyton more wins with no david carr in the lineup um, but then kind of the turning point of the duel comes at 174 where, where Sammy Colbray knocks off Bryce Styart. Yeah, that that was a huge one because I, I did not see that coming. Styart's been wrestling really, really well all year. Um, no, I don't want to say head-scratching losses, but no ra- losses to guys who are ranked significantly below him. So I was I was really surprised when I saw the result of that one. Yeah, that was crazy. I mean, Colbray came in at the beginning of the year, I think ranked fifth at 184. Um, and you know, felt like he might be, you know, might be somebody that could be an All-American at 184, but then his season wasn't great and then dropped down to 80 or 74 and hadn't had the success that they projected him to have at 84. And, and then now all of a sudden this result kind of, you know, it's like, is he back to being an All-American contention mm-hmm. or was this just kind of a one-off result? It's, I don't know. be curious to see. The other um, kind of interesting one, it started the duel is Alex Mackle had been 2-1 against uh, – Jay Schwarm and and Schwarm decked him in the first period, and ben, you'll like this. But uh, well, yeah, you you brought that statistic about Schwarm. He's like he either pins or he loses, right? Wasn't that the statistic you brought up? I was just gonna say fourteen of his seventeen wins are by fall. 
That's crazy. He's, be, he's the division one leader then. I just I thought I saw that Stencil was the division one leader at thirteen. I think he passed him this weekend because he had a pin on Friday night and then on Sunday. Jay Swarm. Yeah, he's gonna, he's gonna win the shell. He's gonna win the shell. We don't. We need shellless award statistics. We don't have any of those. I'm gonna get Nomad on it. Yeah, because pinning people 125 pounds is so much harder than heavyweight. It really is. So you got you got to factor that in a little bit. Well, it's crazy with Swarm too. You know, I, I think this is his fourth year starting, um, or at least third. It, people know what's coming. They know he's gonna try to cripple yeah. you from everywhere, uh-huh. and he's still able to do it. Um, he was winning when that match to, like eight to two when he pinned him too. So it wasn't like it yeah. just came out of nowhere. His his well, cradle looks really when, brutal. Yeah, when it comes from everywhere, it's hard. We talked about that yesterday with the um, game planning for people, right? If there's like one place it comes from, it would be no big deal. But when he does it from so many different variety of places, that's when it gets really difficult. And really, I, I think from what I've seen out of him, and I haven't watched a ton of matches, but it's more when he gets it locked up, he's really good at turning people over. Is that fair? Yeah, no, absolutely. He seems like yeah. he's able to get an angle on when he's locking the cradle up, especially that near side cradle where he just like, man, he crunches these dudes so hard. Um, he did that to Alex Thompson at CKLV. And like, it looked like he was <laughs> like, Alex Thompson didn't move. He said, he went off the mat and sat down and didn't move for like half an hour. I mean, um, <laughs> like, Mackle kind of did the same thing. He, I, he gets up and he's like, First concern is like, am I okay? <laughs> Before he's concerned about losing the match, but do you like? Do you see that pressure? Is he is he doing something different that other people aren't doing? Um, I did not see. I did not see Al, uh, uh, Max Thompson or sorry, Alex Thompson match. Yeah. So one. I mean, listen. I have four basics when I teach cradles that I say like, if you do these four things well, then that then everything else is going to be easy. Um, so one of them is elbow positioning, the elbow on the neck and the knee, which is going to allow this sharp bone right here on your forearm would be right across the neck there. So when then you actually squeeze, it squeezes right on that. And you, you can, like, you could never use an MMA because the person will just turn over, right? But in a sport like wrestling, where the guy does not want to go to his back, you can kind of almost choke someone out with it. Hmm. Not, like, all the way out, but, like, you can choke them a good way, good, good, good bit of the way towards being out. I, I, uh, Flow Nationals finals, Chad Red locked up a cradle on Luke Pletcher, and Pletcher went out. Oh, he did put him out. Okay, so usually you don't see that. Usually it's like <laughs> you can get him a little lightheaded, but it don't go out. It doesn't no, go it was a, it was insane. He locked. It was so wow. tight. He locked up. He went out. Inside or outside? I can't remember. Um, oh man, I need to go back and watch the match. But I remember uh, I wasn't at that event. Just watching it live at home, and it was like it was scary for a second because Pletcher <laughs> was just laying there. Um, yeah, like, getting choked out is no big deal. You get choked out, you wake up in five seconds, and <laughs> you're fine. <laughs> he probably kept wrestling, right? Oh, he got pinned. Oh, it was, a, it was pinned, okay. Yeah, he got pinned, and then when he let go, it was like, oh, he is out. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, and then uh, the the sixth match in their careers between Max Thompson and D- uh, Dagan. Thompson improves to 6-0. and yeah, that's uh, that that's crazy that he can't beat him. I mean, because he's really good and he just can't get that win at what, all. What What in your opinion makes that that matchup so tough for him? Listen, I, I got no I got no room to speak, Brecky. I, I had eight shots at Chris Pelton. I could only beat him one time. There's <laughs> there's just there's just sometimes where it was something about that guy that you 
you just can't quite figure out or they just, you know. So, yeah, it's a tough one for him. Yeah. Um, Lujan gets a big major over Marcus Coleman. Um, and then Joel Shapiro over uh, Isaiah Patton. And then uh, Gannon Grimwell, Carter Isley. These two, obviously, both Iowa high school heavyweights that were ranked pretty much their whole careers. And then I think I think Grimmel owns the series advantage over him heading into this match. But it was Isley who won last year in the duel. They yeah they wrestled five times before this and it was three and two. Grimmel had won three. Um, so I mean yeah they've gone back and forth. I liked uh, Grimmel in the second period. <laughs> <laughs> he was raising the roof. I, in the second period? Yeah. Yes. Did you? Dresser Why? talked about that. He was just pumped. No, he got a takedown. He was up like 3-0 going into the third period. And what what Dresser say? Well, Dresser, first of all, he pronounces roof like rough. And he's like, he's like, well, yeah, raising the rough. Second period. Might be a little earlier for raising the rough, but. <laughs> <laughs> you don't normally see a mid-match rough raise, but, you know. <laughs> rough raise. Man, Dresser. Oh, man. Hey. I, I want to circle back to Lujan. Yeah. We talked about how good Hunter Bolin was yesterday on the show. I, I feel like that's the NCAA semi, Bolin versus Lujan. I think they're going to be two, three at NCAAs. I think that's the semi to make the finals versus Heat. Do you, you guys agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. The way Lu, Lujan looks awesome up at 84 and just like his ability to score points and scramble with anybody, he's so much fun to watch. And those guys wrestled twice at CKLB, right? They, yeah. They split. Yeah. Lujan, Lujan mm-hmm. won the first one, and I thought – you know, he looked like the better wrestler in that match. And then when they wrestled for third, um, that match was wild. The the third place match, there were there was some action that happened on the edge that for a while looked like it might have been in bounds. Ref called him out. Um that that could have maybe changed the outcome of that match early on. But uh but man, Bolin looked really good in that one. So. How about there there are two matches. Uh the first one that Luhan won, nine to seven, and then the third place match was ten to eight. Love yeah, it. they're they're like he said, they're both they're both wild. I mean, back and forth. I want to say at both matches, I feel like both guys got two or three takedowns. Like, I mean, it was really a lot of offense in both those matches. Hey, you you mentioned something actually. There was a question for friends yesterday, Brett, that I saw that you bring up. Something about um how the high school out of bounds rules need to change to be like the college out of bounds rules. Yep, Dude, I put it back in the doc today because I wanted okay. to make sure we got back that to that. Let's go ahead and talk about it. Yeah, that would be like one thing that I would so love to have happen. And I realize maybe at all, you know, sometimes there's not enough out of bounds room, but it's like high school out of bounds, dude, it is so shaky. Like when they're in a bounds or out of bounds. College is so easy. If anything is in, they're yep. in. It's like, it's so clear cut. It's so obvious. It's so easy. And obviously you get a lot of continued wrestling. So I wish that would be able to happen at the high school level. Yeah, Scott Hanafy asked, uh, should high school wrestling adopt the college rule of one point of contact inbounds? From a referee's standpoint, two points isn't directly clarified, and that made a decision this last weekend of who qualified for state. Uh, yeah, please, because every state and every official in America calls it differently in high school wrestling. Yes. And you don't know what's going to be allowed to continue and what isn't. And, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's awful. It feels like the excuse that a lot of people have for keeping the rule the way it is is that, like, oh, well, some high school mats are smaller or, you know, they put them too close together. That just feels like you're making an excuse for, like, shoddy equipment. You're like, well, we don't really want to take care of these athletes by giving them enough mat space to wrestle with, <laughs> so we'll just change the rule. And I don't, I don't really think that's an acceptable excuse. Also, I don't think mat space is 
really a good excuse because if you're if you're wrestling on the edge, you're you're not just running through somebody out of bounds. You know what I mean? Like if you're trying to score on the edge, you're not going to run them off the mat. You're going to want to try to keep your one point in bounds and work to either pull them back in or just keep a body part of yours in. Like it's not like a double leg where you're yeah. Kyle Dig blasting David Taylor <laughs> five <laughs> mats over in, into the fourth row. And they gave him points for that, Frankie. <laughs> I know, they gave him points. <laughs> Well, and yeah, good point. And if you are blasting somebody off the edge of the mat, oh, you're not fuck. you're not choosing whether or not you're going to do that based on the out of bounds rule, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, no, it's it's just change it. You can change just it. Just change it. I agree. You, you could you could definitely definitely change that rule. That, that would make it so much better, so much easier, and and just very clear, to your point, clear, very clear cut. That's what one of the craziest things about uh, I and I know we talk about this every year is Iron Man, like it is. Oh, those such, are crazy. It's such an awesome tournament. Um, but the officiating and everything like that that goes into it really takes away from how awesome the wrestling is. And the mats are super – the mats are darn near Venn diagrams. The circles almost <laughs> interlace <laughs> with each other. <laughs> Venn diagram. Oh, that's a good word there. <laughs> they, are, um, they are very small in the upper gym. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean the the other part of that rule is, uh, you know, there's a rule if any body part is off the mat, the action is stopped, right? So you right. you obviously have that option on the shorter sides of the mats. Um, so I I just don't see why it can't be changed. And yeah, I think we made a good point. I think we should uh, they need to play this at the referees convention next August yeah. or whatever. Solved it. Um, <laughs> solved it. <laughs> Sarah Pilato went down in Cuba, and there are, there's some notable results. Um, Obviously, the big one being Jaden Cox, first time at 97 kilos, uh, he wins uh, gold, beats Silas Perez in the finals. Which Wait, obviously, can, can I can I complain here, Kyle? Yeah, dude, it's it's effing 2020, yeah. and we can't even get scores on some of these matches or yeah. names of opponents. Like, I don't, what? What? That's what's crazy is what? I I took this straight from USA Wrestling. You know, the, I know, but like, it just says like Sosa or a last name. There's not even a full name on a couple of them. There's no score. I think one of them, I just saw a country somewhere maybe. <laughs> Didn't I? Probably. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. It seems like that last round, the medal round, they didn't, they didn't keep score. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why didn't float by the rights of the Cerro Palato? Yeah. That's a good, I have no good idea. question. Go, go! You need to go talk to uh, I'll your go man talk, Fidel. I'll go talk to the Bullsby right now. No, talk to Fidel. Tell oh, Fidel yeah. you oh, want yeah, the right. Yeah. <laughs> you probably got, we probably would have had to bring over like three or four automobiles that are newer than the 1950s, and that would have been enough. Um, yeah, I mean, and you know, obviously scores were hard to find, but uh, so match film was not going to happen. Um, I really would have liked to see <laughs> out of the question. Yeah. But I really would have liked to see that Jaden Cox Salas Perez match. Um, all I really know is based on Kevin Jackson's Twitter account, which is that it was a very close match. It was a war. Uh, I think they actually had a score for that one. It's five three. Five three. But I, I mean, I just would have loved to see yeah that match and how the scoring happened. I know. I mean, that that was the bronze medal match at the Olympics, right? And that was yep. that was an insane match. Um, controversial that time, and so I I don't know, but. I, I just want to know how Jaden looked. Um, I know Salas Perez is 
sometimes outstanding. Sometimes he looks like a world beater. He has been that at you know, various points in his career. But um, I don't know. I just want to know how, how Jaden looks at 97 kilos. Yeah, I mean, I think that's going to be – I think Salas Perez and Jaden's going to be an awesome match every single time, just the way they both wrestle. Really highly technical styles. Fluid, fun to watch. Um, sad that we'll never, ever, ever see film of this match. <laughs> um, what do you guys got? What do you guys think about your old man Reese Humphrey making the finals up a couple weight classes? I man. thought it was awesome. <laughs> he he decided to enter the tournament what like a week or like a couple days before it started? Oh, a couple days. He yeah. I, so someone asked him when the decision was made. Uh, hang on, it's funny. Someone goes, "How soon before the event did you decide you were going to compete? Did you know you were going to wrestle?" like three months out, a week out. He goes, it got brought over drinks on the beach on Thursday. Actually committed to it on Friday, wrestled on Saturday. Boom. There we go. He did like this, basically the same thing last year with the beach wrestling tournament where he, we, I mean, I think, you know, we were sending people over there to cover it and maybe it was Mike Mal's idea. I was like, man, this would be really cool if we brought somebody over there to compete. Reese, you want to do it? And it was, I mean, like a week or two before. I, I would love to like just be in the kind of shape that I could just enter a tournament in the last couple of days, but that would be like, <laughs> that'd be signing my death warrant to do that. Yeah. But do you, do you guys have that friend where, I mean, listen, it's been a while since I've been in college. I'm getting old now. You got that friend where you can just talk them into just about anything. <laughs> yeah. like, if you applied enough pressure, you know, you, Hey, go jump off that mountain or Hey, go swim with those sharks. You can, if you apply enough pressure, you, that seems yeah. like Reese, like, Hey, why don't you go wrestle? That's probably a terrible idea. Are you sure you don't want to do it? Sure, let's go. <laughs> yeah, that could be. And he said it was decided over drinks. So, yeah, how many drinks? <laughs> yeah. How many drinks is the question? Um, at at fifty, also, uh, Jane Cox beat Jacob Casper, um, mm-hmm. Duke All American, four nothing. Um, and then Reese, as you said, was second. He lost Alec Panaleo in the finals. Um, but had two wins before hey, that. Hey, uh, Kyle, Kyle, you guys corrected me on names. I got yelled at incessantly by Tommy Rollins on our old podcast for saying that. Tommy says it's Pantelio. We've heard literally both. And I'm pretty – so we – I got yelled at for this. I got yelled at for this multiple times by Tommy. We've heard both. And then Spade did an interview with him after he won CKLV. And he literally says in the interview, Pantaleo. I'm gonna go yell at Tommy then for yelling at me. I'll try. I'll try to find that interview and send it to you. Yeah, because Tom, Tommy would yell at me all the time for say, for saying it that way. He always said it's, it's Pantaleo, and he would make fun of me for saying Pantaleo. And I, I even think after Spade did the interview, we were talking about it on Media Row there. <laughs> Michigan's Michigan's SID Leah Howard was sitting there, and she's like, "No, it's Pantaleo." And we're like, "We have this interview with him. And he's saying Pantaleo." <laughs> so, I I can't remember what website I was on the other day. One of the one of the college team websites, and they had um, little click buttons where you could play the sound of everybody's name. Yeah, really. Yeah, That's I can't remember idea. what website it was. Maybe yeah. Hofstra, I think. Every school needs to do that for sure. Yeah, that'll be awesome. They probably need to get somebody other than the coach to do it because I know a lot of coaches that like <laughs> they don't really know for sure how to say you guys' last names. Uh, uh, dresser, he used to call it Jared Hot. He would call him Hal all the time. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be like, Hal's coming along good. Uh, um, the other uh, notable result um, at 57 kilograms, Nathan Tomasello made the finals uh, where he lost to um, 
Ortega, Andre Ortega. And as Nomad pointed out, that's going to be the big step or the big hurdle the United States has to clear to qualify uh, 57 kilos is Ortega. But wait, hold on, hold on. I thought I thought at Pan Am's is two people qualify, and it's seated, so yeah. it should be Cuba and America. Yeah, as long as we're on different sides. Yeah, I think that's is how there, it'll be seated. Is there any way that it could not be seated that way? Because I mean, America or Cuba would have to go all the way to four to be, you know, on the same side. Yeah, I think it'll be. I think it'll be seated that way. I don't. I can't see anybody else who would, who would end up pushing one of those guys to to four. Yeah. See, well, Seabass in Puerto Rico, but he's not going. So yeah, that will not you know, be. That there. would be another. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there. that's that that Andre Ortega match is one that doesn't have a score, so we don't know like. <laughs> How, no idea how well NATO <laughs> did there, but NATO did beat No Deer Safarov seven zero. Um, no Deer was uh, was fifth in the world a few years ago, and he he trains at the Hawkeye Club. Um, but that's a good win seven zero over Safarov. Nice. I think that's about it. Um, uh, Nazar was bronze. Um, Jacob Castro fifth. Hayden Zilmer fifth. Did you guys talk about the uh, the Euros on the Monday show? Because I believe I read that you guys did. Yeah, yeah, we did. We did talked that. talked through some of that stuff. Did you? What do you think of those results, Ben? Well, I, I want to ask a question. So, okay, so like we have two Pan Ams, right? So we have the one that's like the championships, and the one that's the qualifier for the Olympics. Yeah. Does Europeans have the same thing? Because I noticed all of the guys who qualified were still wrestling, and, and my yep. understanding was that if you were qualified, you were not allowed to wrestle. Yeah, this was the championships. Um, I don't okay. know the date on the qualifier, but yeah, this was this was the championships. So, so this was the championships. And Russia didn't also send most of their best guys, right? I mean, I know I saw Sajulayev, but yep, they sent Sajulayev. Um, other than that, I yeah, they didn't send Yuguev. Um, they didn't send Rashidov. Rashidov. They didn't send Sitikov. Uh, they sent Nifanov at eighty six, so he's not their number one. And then. They didn't send Makov at heavyweight, so I think Sajulayev was their only number one that they sent. Yeah, I, I thought that was interesting that uh, you know they didn't send any of their number ones, but they obviously still did really well. Um, I, I'm not as in, I'm not as in tune to all those international guys as you or Nomad or some other people Spay are, so I I, I I withhold comment. Yeah, I mean I think you know the, maybe the really interesting thing um, for people in the U.S. is that the Cliff, two Cliff Keen guys brought back medals again. I mean, made the finals. Um, he kind of got got worked by Nafanov, uh, but then, and and Nafanov maybe maybe number one. We'll see. But um, yeah, I mean, got got worked in that final match. Uh, Stevan Micic brought back a bronze again. Um, so that's really Who did big. He lose to. He lost to Atley again. Okay. Atley's had his number, the Turk. So. Um, so he's, yeah, but, he's really good. I mean, Atlee's been ranked number one in the world at times. Right? I think he has. I think if not one, he's yeah certainly top. You know, top four. Um, so Atlee's really good, and for whatever reason, he seems like Stevan has a hard time with him. But but I mean, they continue to have big time success um, at the continental level, which which I don't know. I mean, I I just think Michigan has has figured something out, and and at first. It felt like you know a gimmick maybe that um, 
they're going to try to just like sneak guys onto the world stage, but they're, man, these guys are having success and I don't know. It's, I know the question about, is it the right thing to do or should the rules allow, you know, should, should USA wrestling like put their foot down or whatever? I don't know. But given that the rules are the way they are, Michigan's doing a really good job taking advantage of that. And uh, yeah. I, I think it's cool to see these guys. I hope we see more. I hope we see more of that. I'm a big fan of what they're doing. Um, I think we should see more of that because there are only so many spots. Rush is obviously doing it. Rush has got wrestlers out there for like 15 countries or yeah. something totally absurd. So I, I think the more Americans that we have uh, competing at the world championships, whether it's for the U.S. or not, and obviously, uh, hey, a few times the American guy is going to beat uh, the American guy wrestling for another country is going to beat the U.S. representative. Hey, that, that's just going to happen. That's some collateral mm-hmm. damage. But I think it's a good thing to have Americans wrestling at the world championships. So I'm a big fan of what they're doing and i'm happy that they're having success yeah man you are lucky christian is not here yeah what well, you two would be fighting because <laughs> he wants everyone to be the only six spots it's just like dude come on let's let's get more americans wrestling at the world championships if there's ways we can gimmick the system and have 10 of them in every weight let's do that that's good for everybody i think yeah and i mean i think it's- i think if 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 it really is an issue where USA wrestling needs to put their foot down and do something about it and, and tighten up the rules that won't happen until somebody tries to exploit the system until somebody tries to, you know, work within the rules to get more guys on the team. And so if the rule needs to be changed, this is the fastest path to getting it changed. Right. If, if everybody just says, you know, if everybody just says, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to wrestle for, for Serbia or for wherever, because it's just the right thing to represent the United States and, and nobody pushes that That's, boundary, then, you know, we'll never, we'll never find a solution. Yeah. Pe- people aren't going to do that where they just say, you know, if they're the backup and they're the backup and the backup, the backup for years, and they have an opportunity to go wrestle somewhere else and compete at the world championships, they're going to do that. Right. It's not going to mm-hmm. be, I mean, there are a few, there's a few guys that are probably be great Patriots and, and yeah. say, I'm only going to wrestle for America. But if other guys get the opportunity to wrestle, especially on top of that, if they're going to be funded by other countries, right? Uh, you know, and I'm yeah. trying to assume that, um, you know, Miles Amin, is, if he's not getting funded, he should be, right? Because he, he is doing a lot of really good things for that country's wrestling organization. So if we get more guys doing that, ideally, I would like to, I mean, the, the solution that I proposed was that they, you every country can have one representative at the World Championships, and then you have some type of, Grand Prix or multiple tournaments where you earn points and the next five guys or whatever who've earned the the top five amount of points or whatever number it is, right? Then they get to enter the world championship. So, hey, if there's six Russians in the bracket because there's the top five are all Russians, fine. If it's five Americans, fine. Whatever it is, the top five non-entries to the world championships get to go. Yeah, that'd be super cool. I, yeah. would, I would love yeah, to see I, that. Because then you're getting the best guys there, no matter what. You're not you're not having to see all of these transfers. Because we know we know all those Russians are all transferring all over the place because yeah, um, you know they can't make the team and they're being funded by someone else. And you know that's that's the nature of human humans, right? They they want to be the starter. They want to get paid. They want to take care of the family. Yeah, I mean, and until something like that happens, it does feel like I don't know. Michigan maybe gets this this bad rap for like siphoning American talent outside of the country, but you think about the way that their their program is set up, and they've got they've got Bella Glazov in the room, right? So they're bringing they're bringing you know world level 
some of the highest level world, you know, instruction into this country and, you know, giving access to American, giving wrestlers, American wrestlers access to Bella Glazov technique and instruction throughout, you know, throughout the course of the program. So I, I don't know. I think, I think it's a little bit of a two-way street. It's not just let Cliff Clean, Cliff Keen Wrestling Club is, um, taking from the U S to kind of give to the rest of the world. I mean, I think they're, I think it's, it's kind of going both ways a little bit. Yeah. I'll give a thumb. I give the thumbs up to the Cliff Keen wrestling club. Good job. <laughs> I mean, it's working They They got two guys already ready to go for the Olympics qualifying their everything. Yep. Same number as USA wrestling. Yikes. <laughs> um, just twist, just twist yeah. Knife. He's just twisting the knife. Um, <laughs> You got anything else for Sarah Pilato? Uh, Sarah Pilato, no, no, I don't. I think Flo should buy the rights so someone can actually watch it next year. <laughs> I uh, agree. That that would be really. It can't be that expensive, right? You go down there, you know, you know, like most Cubans, you just hand hand them an envelope of cash. Boom, you can do whatever the hell you want. You can <laughs> all the matches. You're in the country. We might, get, we, we might get Bracky over Ortega in the finals. <laughs> give, give the envelope's that big. <laughs> Maybe that's the problem. That would be hilarious. Maybe we haven't tried envelope full of cash. If you try like a contract and all that, maybe that's that is not going to work. Yeah, that is not going to work. That's it's, not it's their language. Be, listen, yeah. you just show up, Mike Mal, a cameraman, envelope full of cash. You're going to film whatever the hell you want. <laughs> Mike Mal is actually perfect for that. Just he, he's absolutely. Probably, he's probably done something like that before in Jersey. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, a few, a few uh, interesting D1 results. We don't need to talk about these full duels. Um, but just some interesting results. Uh, Jared Prince is back for Navy. We did, I, don't, I don't think any of us thought we were going to see him this year, but he's back, and he knocked off uh, returning All-American Larry Early. Um, so he's he's wrestled three matches this year. Uh, he did lose a Parker Crotman of Drexel, which is kind of a weird loss considering then he turns around and beats yeah. Larry Early. Uh, but Prince is the guy that – when he's on, can absolutely push for all American contention. He's kind of, I mean, he's kind of like uh, reminds me of AC Headley a little bit this year, where you know he was a one forty one pounder and then did some forty nine, and then now he's back at fifty seven. And and I don't know, I just was like, okay, maybe they're just trying to get him into the lineup because he's good. But man, that's a good result beating a layer early. Mm-hmm. Um, Our Army Navy this weekend too, guys. It's big yeah. deal. Yeah, man. Army Navy's always awesome uh, in every sport. Uh, Maybe we can talk a little bit more about that on Thursday because both those teams sure. are pretty dang solid from top to bottom. Um, yep. Uh, in, in Bedlam, we had a little bit of Bedlam. Anthony Mantamona <laughs> uh, beats Joe Smith. I don't, did you watch this match, Ben? I, I didn't see it, but I was shocked by the result because, you know, obviously we had the, the really bad result, Joe Smith um, for Steyer, but then it seemed like Joe Smith was going to turn it around a little bit, and then this happens. Yeah, so uh, I, I was watching the match on Sunday, and Mantonona kind of – Smith was in a few times. Mantonona was able to get out of bounds. Uh, and then he – Mantonona with the slick little duck scores a takedown. Uh, so he's up 2-0 early. But then Joe Smith scores like five unanswered. He's up 5-2. He's cruising in the third period, like 30 seconds to go. And they'd been on their feet for like a minute. Mantonona was losing by a takedown, and he hadn't tried anything. And so Joe's looking to finish the match on top. He goes for a shot. He gets in on a, a kind of a low single, but he brought it up up high. And Mantanona uh -huh. Gator Bacon's him for six. Dude. Oh, Man. my goodness. Okay, so the score is very deceiving then. It's very deceiving. It was five to three. 
He gets a six-point move plus a point for riding time and wins 10-5. Oh, my goodness. The, the old Gator Bacon got him. Yep. Um, so that Oklahoma wrestled. I know there was like the score was like 28-8 to eight or something like that. Oklahoma wrestled really well. It was yeah, there's a whole bunch of really close matches in there that, that you know could have went either way. Yeah, it was much closer than this. And then at 97, Woodley was all over Dakota Gear's legs. The final score was 10-9, but it did not feel that close. It was a bunch of escapes from Gear. Um, it, it, Woodley looked great. Gear had no answer for his offense. Nice. And then um, also in that duel, Christian Moody was all over Nick Pinchinini. I know it ended, Pitch ended up pinning him in the third period, but it was 9-8. to eight. Pitch was winning, and the next stall call on Pitch would have been two points. Um, Dang! Moody was all over him. It, it was really impressive wow. by, by Moody. I, I was impressed with Oklahoma in this duel for the most part. Um, they didn't wrestle Madrigal at 33, and then and kind of at 57-65 where they're a little bit weaker. They got, um, they got beat, but... They they wrestled good in a whole as a whole, and then uh, Tanner Sloan, who had a great redshirt year, um, battling some injuries this year, he beats Nathan Traxler, so he shoots back up the rankings into the top fifteen. Yeah. People were expecting such big things out of Tanner Sloan. Obviously, he tech fall Jacob Warner at the mm-hmm. Midlands last year, and he, he hasn't seemed to have followed up on, on what the expectations were. Yeah, I think he's been banged up a lot this year. Um, but it looks to be kind of rounding rounding into form here as we had he has a win over Woodley, went over Traxler yeah. in his in his past ten matches, beat Stephen Buchanan who beat Dakota Gear. Um so yeah, he he's looking maybe catching that form that he was last year at Midlands. I feel like yep. that man, that big twelve, one ninety seven is just like It's a lot of fun. It's a total mess. It's gonna be wild. You have uh of course Noah Adams is undefeated, but then you throw in Buchanan who they'll actually hit this weekend. Um, and then you have Gear and Woodley and Sloan. That's actually a really, really yeah, deep weight class. Really good. Yeah, um, I think we're one of the deepest weights for the Big Twelve, right? Oh, absolutely. Because then you you can even go down to Joel Shapiro at six. Tanner Orndorff's actually ranked, and he's seventh he's in top. the Big Twelve. Yeah. And uh, Jacob Seeley's been in and out of the rankings, and then even Cordell Eaton um, from North Dakota State is very solid. Yeah. It's a really they're, good weight. It probably is the deepest way in the Big Twelve. I feel like Big Twelve has a couple weights like that where they're where it's like they don't have anybody in like the top ten, and then they have a, a bunch of guys between like ten and twenty five. I think seventy four is kind of like that with Joe Smith and Mantanona and Hayden Hastings and thirty three um, is really solid too with Lamont, Bridges, Sakura, Schwartz, Whitcraft, Madrigal, Small, Skalarzik, and even all the way down to Gary yeah. Joint at nine. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it'll be it's gonna be an interesting tournament where I mean they just you know. They're going to have a lot of weights where there maybe aren't going to be seeded at nationals to get to get an all American, but they'll have a lot of those seeds between you know between nine and twenty or whatever. So um, I don't know. Should be a fun tournament, but but just like it's super hard to predict at a lot of these weights. I mean, you talk about Mantanona over Joe Smith. Yeah. You t- I mean, just yeah. Who knows what's going to happen? Um, Ben, big big duel. So- Wait, let me ask you. So, with uh, you know, I didn't get to watch the pitch match at Oklahoma. But you said you looked pretty, pretty rough. Um, does that does that give you uh, fear going into the Spencer Lee match that he's just going to get ran over? Uh, well, that that's not why it gives me fear. Uh, what gives me fear that he's going to get run over is Spencer Lee looks 
really good this year. <laughs> well, last year, obviously, we know what happened last year. Yeah, so, but if you look at the Spencer Lee that was coming into that match last year, and then the Spencer yeah, it was Lee that's different. It was coming different. in this year, yeah, he has not looked – he hasn't lost, first of all. He hasn't looked yep. shaky at all um, where he's given up yeah. these – third period takedowns and, and getting ridden out and stuff like that, or even losing to Sebastian Rivera. He's bonused everybody but one person. Uh, and then, yeah, after watching that but, with Pidge. But the, the, comp- the composition of the weight is different. Last year yes. there was a lot more superstars at 125 than there is. And this. someone asked that. Let me find the question since we're on that topic. Uh, Barber poll. <laughs> Do you think hmm. that 125 125- – is down in talent this year, especially that great or a little bit of both? I, I down for sure. You don't have Arugia. You don't have uh, Sebastian. You don't have uh, who else am I missing here? I'm missing somebody. You don't have Rayvon Foley, who was an All American last year. You don't have Sean yep. Russell, who graduated and was an yep. All American previously. Um, I know so I'm missing it's, it's more people too. Yeah, it's, I, it's I think definitely down. I think that. You know, the pitch match for Spencer Lee, I mean, it, it feels like because Spencer has just like murdered everybody, it feels like Spencer is um, well positioned to, to look really good there. And especially when you think about pitch having, the, you know, the the result against Oklahoma is not the only match where he maybe didn't look quite as good as we expected. There are a couple of matches at the Southern Scuffle where you'd have expected pitch to to maybe widen the gap on, I mean, like Latona, the Latona match, for example. Yeah, um, that was really. I I feel like the Spencer Lee pitch in any match is going to be like the best measuring stick we have of where both these guys truly are, uh, because I think pitch has the approach to potentially avoid getting turned in the first period, and that was the yeah. whole narrative last year. Like, if you can push Spencer into the second period, third period without having giving up big points, then you got a shot. And I, I mean, I wonder if and we, and if, we saw that with that was that happened with Jack Medley too. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what, that was what we saw um, with Jack Medley. Was that two weeks ago? I mean, I pitched and he moved so well, and that was kind of he kind of I don't want to say evaded, but he evaded Spencer a little bit last year in the beginning of the match, and then you know, he does have some pretty tricky defense with the Shin Wizard, the splits. He's got a handful of tools there uh, where he could avoid an early takedown and. You know, we have seen that that's definitely absolutely the route to success. If you get on bottom of Spencer early, uh, you are going to be in trouble. Yeah, and to <clears throat> add on to guys that are no longer in the 125-pound bracket, uh, the four-seed Ronnie Bresser is no longer there who owns a win oh, over Spencer yeah. Lee. Uh, Sean Foz no longer there, and Travis Piotrowski up at 33. So the depth, yeah. there's not much depth as there was last year. I mean, Spencer's yeah. best win this year is Devin Schroeder. And he teched him. I mean, he looked really good really? in that match. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's his best. I mean, I think that's that's his best win, and it's not really it's not really close. Um, Damn. Are you serious? I think so. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to fact wild. check this. Fact yeah. checked it. Yeah. I mean, his, his other ranked opponents were Alex Mackle. I think Fabian Gutierrez was ranked at one point. Um. Yeah, that's his highest ranked win. Dang, yeah. that's crazy. I did, did not. Wow, I didn't realize that. So, it's definitely down. This would be a big I test. And Spencer does look like he's even better than last year. Um, but at the same time, it looks down as well. Yeah. Uh. Well, big. 
Big Duel, um, former Big 12 rivals, Missouri and Iowa State this weekend with a few uh, pretty good matchups. Uh, first of all, do you know what's going on with Grant Leaf? I, I, I don't. I, I know, obviously, I knew making the weight was going to be tough for him, but I, I have not gotten an update. Um, when there's negative stuff like that, I'm not. I'm not good with bad with uh, bad news. So I don't. You know, like I don't like digging into that. Like if someone. Well, I didn't know if someone had maybe, offered it. I'll yeah, I didn't know if someone had told no, you something. No. I'm. I'm no, just. Yeah. I, I'm just curious if we'll see him in the postseason at all. He's not in the coaches rank. Coaches ranking, which suggests that um, maybe they're not counting on him for the postseason. But I don't know. I haven't heard that for sure. Yeah. I no. I do not know what's up with him. Okay. Well, there will still be some good matches going on. Uh, and yeah. J- Jared Dagan, Brock Mahler is probably the best one, wouldn't you say? Those guys, yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. They, bo- they both scramble a lot. It's, it's going to be a disaster, and you kind of have that written down here <laughs> on the notes. It's, they're 2-2, two and two and they're 61 points scored in four matches. I mean, yeah, that, that pretty clearly outlines what it's going to look like, I feel. That's great. That, uh, sign me up for that. Is David Carr going to be back or no? Yes. Yeah, he'll be back. He will be. Yeah. Um, our own J.D. Raider got an interview with him. Um, he's a little banged up. Uh, so, But he, he said he'd be back this weekend. So they have uh, Missouri okay. Saturday and then uh, North Dakota State on Sunday. That was a duel. It was supposed to happen in January. But some weather in DSU, I, I believe, couldn't get out of Fargo to get there. So they're going to make <laughs> that one up. Is, that, yeah. is, is North Dakota State traveling to Missouri? No, they're going to Ames. So Iowa oh, State's sorry, yeah. going to Columbia Jeez. Saturday, coming back yep. to Ames and wrestling I got in it. DSU. Okay, I that's gonna it. be a crazy, crazy night for uh, you know. It's not super close from Ames to uh, Columbia, Missouri. I think it's like four, four, four and a half hours, something like that. So for them to wrestle, they wrestle in the afternoon. So Mizzou tries to do this all the time, where they do. There'll be the morning session for the Missouri State High School Championships, and then obviously there's the finals at night that Saturday night. So they try while everyone's in town, they try to do uh, a dual meet in that between those sessions. And it usually turns out they have really great attendance. So that's um, actually a really I, good I, idea. Yeah. Yeah. And so, that's yeah, so they host it actually hosted at the Hearns. So the Mizzou arena hosts the new state tournament, which is like right here. And the Hearns host a duel. So people, you know, just stream over there during the break, grab the match. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. That's really smart. Um, so yeah, we'll see. Was it Jock Hughes' car? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that'll be that'll interesting. Be good one. Yeah, David David um, Carr hasn't wrestled a ton this year. I, I was talking about that this weekend. Uh, he's only he's fourteen and one on the year and hasn't wrestled since January twenty sixth. Hmm. Yeah. What, what? What? So what's the story? Did, did he tell JD Raider? I don't think he said exactly what was up. Just that he was banged up. I honestly think the weight is tough to make. Yeah, really? Yeah, he's he cutting that much weight. He said he won. He he said he's got. I got to talk to the coaches, but I want to move up next year. In the same interview. I mean, they don't have Iowa State doesn't have a superstar at at one sixty five. Why didn't he move up this year? I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like one sixty five with Chenzo and Marinelli and Wick at the top is a little tougher than fifty seven. I mean, Hidley and Deacon are good, but I think you would. I think if you say Hidley or Deacon or Marinelli Joseph, you would pick Hidley Deacon up to, to beat, right? If you're the guy challenging them. Yeah. And I mean, Carr obviously looked good what and the? plenty Hold big on. enough for. We got breaking news, breaking news. Uh-oh. Uh, I know, I'm seeing in that. The tw- you seeing this? Yeah. It says, Dresser noted, Carr Coleman 
Colbray and Deacon possibly going to last chance open instead of to Missouri. Why? Is it because they need matches to qualify for the minimums or what? I don't know. David Carr's got 15 matches, so that he hits RPI there. I don't know if they just want more matches instead of just... Where, where's the last chance open at, Kyle? Uh, Hang on one second. I don't even know. I don't even know where that is. I mean, I weird. Yeah, I got to think Marcus Coleman and Colbert have enough matches also. With, without looking them yeah, up. Yeah, they definitely do. Huh. That's really weird. Central Last Chance Invitational? Is that it? It must be. Central? I, never... I don't know. Central what? <laughs> I don't know. It's in the <laughs> D2, D3 stuff. But I thought D2, D3 matches don't even count for divisional wrestlers. Yeah, I didn't think they did Isn't either. Is that true? Yeah, no, I think you're right. Huh. That's really weird. Yeah, I wonder why they're doing that. I don't know. The car literally said he was wrestling this weekend. I guess he didn't say I'm wrestling Missouri, the Missouri Tigers and North Dakota <laughs> State Bison, but he said he was wrestling. What the? Weird. All right. Well, we'll try to figure this out while we move on. We'll get, to, we'll get to the bottom of that. Yeah, we'll get to the bottom of that for sure. Maybe um, they're trying to pad their Hodge stats. <laughs> ah, yeah, that's. Could be a Hodge. There's no Hodge. That's where Nick Lee should show up. If I was Nick Lee, I would wrestle like four more, four more tournaments. I would say, Kale, um, I'm gonna be sick on Saturday, and then he would be like, "But Nick, I swear I saw you at, Blue, at the Bloomsburg Open. <laughs> must have been, must have been Nick Lee. I, I was home puking, Coach. No, that was that was Joe. That wasn't me. That was Joe Lee. That was my brother. They just wrote down the wrong name. Well, why is it on? Why is it count on your stats? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't That's really weird. <laughs> I don't know. Have you seen the results that come out of Cuba? You just you can't trust anything. Uh, All okay. right. Okay. Hey, let's talk about this Nebraska Minnesota because I think this is going to be a lot of fun too. Um, Mm-hmm. Some some really good matches. Red McKee's obviously a really good one. Will Patrick McKee actually be back? Do we know that? Because I think that was a pretty serious knee injury versus um, uh, who did he wrestle? Oh, Devin Schrader. I mean, I can't I can't confirm that, but he just looked like he kind of laid there in the last last little bit of it. Yeah, he. I saw him on the bench in Iowa, and he was wearing a knee brace over his jeans. Um, I know they were trying to they've they've been forfeiting the weight because. They don't want to pull uh, a red shirt with Matt Ramos, and then they're trying to get, um, forgetting the 33-pounder's name right now, down to 25, but with the descent plan, he can't make it yet. Um, I don't know. I, I don't. I, I would doubt it. I would doubt we see him. Which, just to give him more time to rest before Big Tens. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's too bad I, for Minnesota. I think he has... Um, I think he has a win over over Thompson. Um, yeah. yeah, he's two and zero against Thompson, so that you know that doesn't that hurts them in that duel for sure if he's not back. Yeah, that that hurts bad. Um, and then let's see what else we got here. Oh, Labriola, well, Labriola, Skaska. Oh, yeah, Webster are both really good matches. Um, and then you know. Tom, Ryan Thomas, 157, that'll be kind of interesting because he had a really good match, obviously, against Caleb Young last week to see if he can push Peyton Robb. So I feel like there's a whole bunch of matches in here which are, um, you know, we're going to be really competitive and not doesn't, like, heavily, too heavily lead in one direction. 
Yeah. And I didn't I didn't realize I was looking through some of these matchups. I did not realize at 197 that Hunter Ritter is 2 and 0 against Eric Schultz. That kind of surprised me. Really? Yeah. Yeah, he beat well, him. Well, that would have been but that probably would have been 2 years ago when cuz Ritter had the broken leg last year. It didn't compete. Yeah. yeah, that was that was that was uh in in 2018 end of the season 2018. He beat him 9-6 in a duel and then pinned, Ritter, Ritter pinned Schultz at Big Tens. Hmm. So that's, I yeah. mean, yeah, that makes it that makes it interesting. I, I got to think Eric Schultz has uh, improved quite a bit by then, uh, mm-hmm. since then. Um, and, you know, Hunter Ritter, I, he, Hunter Ritter had a really good season. I think he was the finished third at Big, Big Tens that year. Yeah. Um, which is a while back. Hey, are we going to talk about Iowa, Oklahoma State tomorrow, Kyle? Yeah, yeah, I wanted to... Give a big chunk of the show tomorrow to that. Nice. Yeah, that would be a fun one. Um, are you guys are you guys sending someone to that duel or no? I don't know. I know. Well, uh, Mark Bader was in Stillwater this week uh, on Monday. Is he, is he, he's riding the bus with them. No, he's coming back. He just went down there and got some content um, with the Cowboys, and uh, okay. but I don't know if anyone's going to Carver Hawkeye Arena or not. You know, I don't think so. I don't think anyone is. Um, we will have live updates for it. I know that. Um, and then another another big rivalry going down that I want to touch on. Um, Rutgers Princeton. This duel was freaking awesome last year inside the rack. Yeah. Uh, this was when Chris Ayers said that um, Anthony Ashnault was not going to score on Matt Kolodzik. Kolodzik gave him the ten. Uh, but the Princeton coaches are awesome, and they were just trying to hype up that match, and, and they, they were yeah. great sports about it. <clears throat> um, I believe it came down to heavyweight, too, and Rutgers ended up winning. But they, as David Bray put in here, does the winner of this duel own the state of New Jersey? I think so. I absolutely. Absolutely. I they totally. do. They both they both uh, have a win over Ryder. So, yeah, they, the state is theirs if they win. <laughs> And there's, uh, I believe, three ranked matchups going down. Aguilar and Glory at 125. Really like the way Aguilar's wrestling. Just don't know if he's on that level with Glory yet. Yeah. Yeah. True freshman, and so he's had some, he's had some, like, um, I I don't know. I I mean, maybe inconsistent. I don't mean inconsistent in in a bad way. Just as a true freshman, I think he's still probably trying to figure out a lot of things about how to approach, mm-hmm. you know, his college season. And so he'll have some performances where he like, he just looks amazing. looks like he can beat almost anybody or at least hang with anybody. And then he'll have other ones where he drops a match. You're not expecting. So I, I mean, I feel like for, for a, you know, a, a match that means so much to both these teams, um, you know, we may see the best version of Aguilar, although man, the best version of glory is really, really good. So I don't know yeah. if I'm interested in that one. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think he could keep up with uh, Patrick Glory yet. Glory's just so good. And, you know, Aguilar has showed flashes, but I, I gotta lean Glory pretty hard. Yeah, that's probably fair. Um, and then 184, uh, Billy Janzer, um, who I, I really like. I've been impressed with him this year, and it's Travis Stefanik. Um, I'd lead Janzer there, uh, but I could absolutely see that going either way. Stefanik's come up uh, clutch a few times uh, for Princeton this year, beating Nelson Brands and then sealing the de- uh, the dual win over Cornell. Yep. Um, yeah, I lead Stefanik also, and he he has been clutch for them. Hey, is this? Did you guys say it's happening at the rack? 
Or is it at Princeton? No, this one will be at Princeton this year. Yeah. Okay. It was at the rack nice. last not, year. Not, not quite as raucous as it would be at, at the rack. For the sure. Rack. For sure. Um, it's at Jadwin Gymnasium. Uh, and then Pagano Brucky. Um, Pagano just had a big win over uh, Laird of Ryder. Yeah. Um, he did get beat by Davidson, but Davidson's ranked higher. And then Brucky uh, trying to bounce back from that, that loss to – the man the goat. Darmstadt. <laughs> the goat. The goat. <laughs> <laughs> man. Uh, that won't be fun. And, you know, we talk a lot about uh, we need these rivalries and trophies and wrestling like they do in, in football. And this one has one. They they have a trophy. So What's the out. trophy? It's – um, I'm going to pull up a picture of it here. It's this New Jersey – it's the state of New Jersey, and it's called the Big, the Big Ivy Rivalry. Hmm. The Big Ivy. I'll put, oh, Big Ten and Ivy League. Yeah, I'll they, put a picture of it in the doc, Ben. It's a nice little wood carving. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's uh, – There are some really good – I mean, the, the the last couple of weeks, there have been some really good rivalry duels, and we'll have some more. We already talked about Army-Navy's coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, North Dakota State, South Dakota State. Oh, yeah. Maybe they just get to take over the whole Dakotas, whoever wins that What's one. What's that trophy called? they got to have a trophy for that they, one. Uh, I think Bono created it when he was there. It's, oh, yeah. a, it's the Border Bell. And it's a oh, it, nice. it's a freaking kettlebell, and the one side is painted SDSU, and the other side's painted NDSU. Hmm, I like it. Yeah, NDSU just nice. they're really close to being in the dual rankings uh, this week. They they got a couple not great losses earlier in the year that kept them out, but that they're like nine and three, and then South Dakota State's twelve and five. So that'd be a really good one Friday night. Nice. I'm actually going to. Uh... You and I, Wisconsin, tomorrow night, we're uh, taking a bunch of our youth kids up there. So that should be a good duel. Uh, a bunch of really good matches in the, in that one. Uh, Blockist, Trish Moran, uh, Skadlarzik, Barnett should be fun because those guys are both pinners. Uh, you got Max Thompson, Cole, Cole Martin will be really good. What Heck else yeah, am I can... forgetting about? That's gonna be... But there's we a bunch can... of good ones. We can make some picks for that one tomorrow too. Um we got about – oh, I want to mention this too. Uh, the Pittsburgh Wrestling Classic uh, Team USA was announced. And, Ben, I I'll be there. You're going to be an honor – you're the honorary coach. Yeah, one of my guys, Keegan O'Toole, was uh, was picked to wrestle on the team, and he asked me to go with him. And so I said, sure, I will, I'll go with. And they say, if I'm, if I'm out there, I might as well coach some other people too. Yeah. Heck yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, and you, you guys are covering that one, correct? Yep. It's live on Floor Wrestling. Uh, it's one – I, it's one of the coolest events of the year, in my opinion, uh, to get to see, obviously, PA obviously, year in and year out has some of the best guys, and then look back at the history of it and all the NCAA yeah. champions and All-Americans and world champions and Olympic medals that have wrestled in it. It's it's in, in Cincinnati. And, uh, well, one of the cool things that I read was that they have the, the youth state championships that weekend, and they kind of do like I was talking with Missouri, with Missouri they they stop it essentially uh, prior to the PWC. So then obviously all the youth wrestlers will go to the PWC and then they finish on on Sunday morning. So I thought that's pretty cool. It should make for a really good crowd as well. Heck yeah! And uh, what do you what what do you guys make of them not doing one thirteen or heavyweight and doing? I think they're doing two one thirty eights and two one ninety fives. <laughs> I saw a few comments which were not happy about that. And I, I guess, um, what's your takes? I think it's fine. I mean, I think the purpose of the duel is to showcase 
Pennsylvania wrestlers against some of the best in the country. And I mean, I don't know if you, if you can get a better fan experience match by, by showcasing multiple guys at one weight and maybe, um, not bringing in guys at the other weights, then I'm fine with it. It doesn't, it doesn't bother me too much. Yeah. I'm cool with it too. We do the same thing with who's number one. If there's just not a match to make, we're we're not just going to make one to make one. Like this is supposed to be an elite showcase and we're not going to, um, not only say water down because obviously these kids are really good, but we're not gonna yeah take away from yep. it just to have it. a weight sure. class. Um, yeah. it and obviously we don't have Team PA yet because of the state championships. Um, but it'll be interesting to see who who some of these guys are matched up against. Um, but like Braxton Amos would be there. Uh, I really like Cyrus Allred. He was super impressive at Flow Nationals last year. Um. Obviously, Keegan O'Toole, Austin Boone, who just committed to Penn State a few weeks ago, uh, Kale Happel, Dom Serrano. I believe Happel's going for his fourth Iowa State title this weekend. Um, so you got kids from all I, over I the country. I think Austin Boone's going for his fourth in Michigan. He's an interesting case. Uh, I, I know him pretty well because he, he come to camp every summer. But, you know, he was one who had a lot of success early in his career and then I don't know, kind of felt like plateaued a little bit or didn't really move up the rankings. And, and now his senior, he's made quite a big jump up the rankings. How high do you guys have him now? Like three or four, maybe? I think he's two, yeah. Two? Okay, so he's pretty high up there. So he made a big jump this senior year. I, I know he's got a really good ACT score. And I when did he commit to Penn State? Because I did not realize he was going there. Like, within the past couple weeks. Oh, really? Very, very wow, recently, really recently, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah, he's ranked second at 145 right now. Yeah, so he, he's made a huge jump this senior year. Pretty cool to see that. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, he committed or signed January thirtieth. So yeah, it's like that two two weeks ago, middle of the season. <clears throat> Very interesting. So yeah, uh, always a great time there, and I believe because they have an undercard event, and I believe it's Team Maryland against Team Whippeal. Where um, where we need where's Nomad at? Yeah, yeah he'll... he's wrestling one twenty five. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, I remember my uh, my junior year of high school. Uh, they had Team West Virginia wrestle Team Whippeal, and I was all excited. I was hoping that uh, if we had a good showing, they'd run it back and have Team West Virginia wrestle there the next year because <laughs> I would have been a senior and I would have been the representative. Um, but they did not have us run it back. They didn't did have ha- what showing. happened? Did you guys get smashed or what? No, we won. Oh, really? <laughs> we beat Team Whippeal. Oh. That's probably why. They were like, oh, we don't need this. <laughs> uh, yeah, Team Maryland. <laughs> team Maryland versus Team Whippeal. Who would you have wrestled in that? Do you know? No, I'd need to go back and look. But maybe I can do that while you guys are talking. Um, yeah. well, let's, let's do some cues from Fs. Yeah, let's get into it. we got about 20 minutes left. Um... Some of these are easy. We can just delete them. (laughs) Well, start start naming some off the ones that you want to. You mean knock these ones off? Okay. Let's do it. What's more likely, Seabass at three or Seabass 11? Seabass is not going to be three because it's going to be DeSanto, RBY, and Gross three. Delete that one. We don't need to discuss it. Boom roasting. Yeah. (laughs) That's what you say, right? (laughs) Yep. High school out of bounds. We already did that one. Yep. Done. Boom. Roasted. <laughs> what? What are this one? This is a good one for you guys. Uh, whatever happened to the days of Nomad? You guys calling Nomad Ildar? 
Why doesn't that happen anymore? I don't know. Um, I feel like he he got less less weird, maybe. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so or did you get more used to him? That's probably more likely, actually. Like some of the stuff <laughs> he does doesn't even face us anymore. We were we were just talking about that trip. That was that was a couple years ago, Big Twelve tournament, and I. Um, I wasn't here full time, but I was on that trip with you guys and Nomad. I was rooming with Nomad, and it's the first time I've ever like <laughs> met the guy or interacted with the guy. And like, you know, man, his energy was so up and down, and bizarre. <laughs> like, I remember that night. Like, <laughs> he's like, I can't sleep. I'm gonna be, you know, I'm gonna be watching. I think it was Thor Masters or some Greco tournament, um, and that's where Ildar was wrestling. And so we're talking. He's like, so we're sitting on the bed with our computers watching stuff. He's watching Greco. I asked him a question and then just like look over and he's like still sitting up, but now he's, he's asleep. He's just, just like his battery just like shut off or something. I don't know. It's bizarre. Yeah. If you, if you're really OG FRL listener, I mean, that's probably 200 episodes ago now. Yeah. Um, we would say good job Ildar to Nomad because that, at that trip, the big 12 championships in 2016, 16 or 17. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, we're at the Big 12 Championships. We're on media row. Nomad, it's in the early round, so it's not like the semis or finals or something. Nomad literally has his back to the action and is watching <laughs> Thor's Masters Greco on his computer. And Eldar Havisov was wrestling, and he won. And we're not, we're literally, we're facing the action. We're doing work on our computers, and we just hear Nomad behind us go, Oh, good job, Eldar. <laughs> so we would just say good job, Eldar. But yeah, he was a he passed out in a Chipotle parking lot that trip because he was up all night watching this Greco tournament and he didn't eat for like twenty four hours. Uh, <laughs> he was a mess. Too funny. That, wow, that was too funny. Okay, <clears throat> let's uh um this one's a dumb question. Go to meal after weigh ins, cream puff. Butter burger or fried cheese curd. I, those things all sound atrocious. I am yeah. not going to eat all of them. Yeah. You, you know, I, that question addressed. Yeah, you can answer that too. Gross. That Even like I, I eat like crap. Admittedly, I would not eat any of those things after weigh-ins. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Seriously. Make you want to puke. Hey, what is Tanner Cook's gator bacon? I'm sorry if I'm offensive to Tanner Cook. I, I'm not. I don't know what he wrestles for. Dude. He's... He wrestles for South Dakota State. He's ranked 125 at or ranked 125. No, he's ranked he's ranked 20 number 25 at 165. Sorry. <clears throat> this okay. dude. This he's, dude is wild. He is absolutely wild. Ben, I, I do that article. So I need to go I need, I need to go watch him right now, huh? Yes, you need to go watch him. He um if you touch his leg, he was he's going to gator bacon you or at least try. <laughs> and he, or at least try. He pins so many people. I need to. I'm gonna add it up real quick here, but it's like Pat Mc, or uh, Jay Swarm level falls. He was. There was a match this week. I think he it was has this twelve weekend. pins this year. He has twelve pins. Yeah, twelve pins on nineteen wins. That's it's it's insane. In that wow, was it the Stanford match where he the guy gets in on like a, a it single was, uh, leg elevated? Yeah, watch the watch Tanner Cook versus Adam Kent match, a Fresno State match. Fresno okay. State. It's wild. That's a that's not a pin though. That's eighteen to twelve. He wins. Correct, but he's up twelve one after like a minute and a half because of <laughs> what? <laughs> yes, <laughs> he hits two different six point moves, feet to back. At one point, he's like oh trying God. the gator bacon. So Kemp just like kind of lets go, and so he's like, "Oh, I can't get the gator bacon. I'll just go double overs instead." And throw. Like, it's just yeah, it's just wild. 
He's wrestling wow. like he's down by five with ten seconds to go, but he's wrestling like that the whole match. He he's a lot of fun to watch, and uh, I do like my favorite matches from the weekend that were live on Flow, and he's made it like four straight weeks because <laughs> he just—it's automatic when he touches you, like you're gone, you're over your head, you're gone, <laughs> <laughs> you're out, you're out of All here. Right. Well, now, now, do you feel bad because you're outing him now? So now no one's going to touch I've his legs. I've been outing him for four weeks, and people keep, t keep <laughs> touching his legs. He keeps pinning them. It's amazing. I'm telling you, this dude is going to stick somebody at Nationals because they, like uh, you, like you. What if, what if he sticks Alex Marinelli? Because Alex Marinelli loves going high crotch, and Gator Bakers are way easier from high crotches than, than head inside singles. Yes. Yeah. No. It, okay, the, uh, I think against um, the West Virginia kid, he kind of – it was a head inside single, but it, it was lower, and he literally like picked him up off the mat so he could like kick him up and over. He's <laughs> he's crazy. I love oh, it. That, that is that's funny. He's gonna surprise somebody. I'm telling you. Um, but we this one we didn't get to yesterday, and I know Nomad wanted it, and you you said it was a good question, Ben, from Eric Stevens. Absolutely. Do you think Braxton Amos can compete for a Natty freshman year? Okay, I need to bring – I'm going to bring up the rankings real quick to see who's back. Um, I don't feel – listen, this is not inside information. I don't feel as though the Bono and staff are going to start him as a true freshman. Um, I think he will be ready to go, but I think it's better off waiting a year. So, uh, you know, in two years, you'll have <laughs> Colin Moore gone, Bruki gone, Schultz gone, Bruner gone, Alo gone. You know, the weight class will look quite a bit different. Um I can't think of any, does anyone good in redshirt. Obviously, you're going to have AJ Ferrari um, in a couple years at that weight class, also. Yeah, I agree with you. And like you said, I don't, I don't so have you, any inside info. I, I think it's best though for them to redshirt Braxton, um, let him get accustomed to college wrestling and, and go to a bunch of opens and get him on college weightlifting program and everything. And I, I think he can yeah. be absolutely. I guess if you count him as a redshirt freshman, he could absolutely compete for a national title as a freshman. I mean, I think yeah. even if I mean, it's, I don't, I don't think he'll go either. But assuming that he does, I think he's right in here with these guys. Colin Moore and and uh, Bruner are gone next year, and 197. We've talked about all year. It's just so the the weight class is in flux. Other than Noah Adams, who's undefeated, um, it, these guys are all taking losses, and I feel like he could be right in there with with with. Adams, Brucky, Warner, yeah. Darmstadt. I feel like you'd be right in there with all those guys. Yeah. Maybe and maybe I, it's one I, of those things where do you send him to a bunch of opens and maybe he goes to Midlands or Scuffle and then you see how he's doing and then if he's clearly like a top five guy, you let him run, you know? Pull him. Yeah. I I, I think it's definitely a strategy. Is he gonna go to do you guys know if he's gonna go to uh UWW juniors this year? Hmm. I don't, but I'm sure uh, that'll be interesting. I'm sure Tim will let us know after this episode. <laughs> His dad. Nice. All right. That would be that would be, be interesting seeing him there because we'll see him compete against some of these guys that obviously he's gonna have to beat to win a national title um, within the next couple of years. Yep. Um, uh, ben, you're starting to you know you're a part of FRL when you're starting to get some Twitter accounts. I know. After... I feel honored. Yeah. <laughs> the, what was the one? Someone. Uh, one of them followed me last night. I can't remember. I have two. I have Askren's attention span and Askren's, Askren's morning whiz. The attention span, <laughs> yeah. That was the one that followed me last night. But Askren's morning whiz, ask, <laughs> is wrestling a sport where the fans have the most effect on the outcome of the match? Example would be in Carver when thousands of Iowans are screaming stalling. 
I, this has been proven in other sports that this has an effect. I remember I read an article about how much football was affected by the home field advantage, and it was it was directly related to the referee's call. So I, I would have to assume this happens in every sport. Um, you know, as a referee, they are humans. They're not robots. So they are going to feel the heat of the home crowd getting on them. And obviously, Iowa for for re- wrestling, it used to be so biased in, in in Carver because there weren't a lot of crowds like that. Now we're seeing that happen at a lot of places. I yeah. can tell you, absolutely, it affects the outcome. Do you do you guys think that um, like what has more of an effect on the outcome of a match, or or maybe at least on how the match is officiated, uh, the the coach? The coaching staff or the crowd? I'm really curious about that. I know, I've seen that study about um, how the crowd can impact the officials' calls, uh, but I've I mean I've also seen in wrestling coaches like before a duel starts pull an official aside and like you know tell them how that you know to, what something they want to make sure that the officials pay attention to, and then you'll watch the official like ref the match in a very specific way based on that feedback, and then, or you'll see you'll just it seems like you'll see very frequently one coach kind of get in the official's ear and then that uh, shapes the match quite a bit. I don't know. What do you think crowd or, uh, or coach has more of an impact on the ref? Uh, well, I, I think when you're in a dual setting, it's the crowd. Um, but a tournament, it's the coach. Um, yeah. I like that. I think the coaches are going to be there no matter what, though. They were kind of a constant influence and there's not a whole bunch where the power – I feel like where the power dynamic is too different, right, between one coaching staff and another coaching staff. I feel like most of those better programs have coaches who are – I would pre, I don't know what word you want to use – demanding, domineering, you know, mm-hmm. something like that where the coaches are really aggressive. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing the coaches being pushed further back off the mats where they mm. can't be as close to the officials. I wouldn't mind seeing that at all. Wow. What do you think? I don't know. Do you how like I feel them that close? That. I kind of love all the shenanigans. So I, some of the yeah. stuff that I've heard coaches say to referees, I'm just like, oh my god, they they sh- they they should not be saying that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, it's. I mean, it's interesting. Like, the, I think the coaches have a pretty big impact on um, whether or not the officials are ultimately selected for. Uh, for, to ref at the NCAA's, and I think they yeah. make. We've heard officials say they make a lot of um, their calls not because they you know agree with the rule or whatever, but because they know they have to call it by the book to get selected for NCAA's. But I know like when I was at at Wyoming, um, Stephen Suter, who was the former coach at Wyoming, was was the guy who was in charge of reviewing the officials. So you know when it's a, a former coach or somebody that's like still connected with the program, that's helping to review the officials or that, you know, every single duel is in charge of doing that, then it has to be in a ref's mind that somebody connected to the program is going to be reviewing me and submitting that information. And, um, so I don't know. It just, it just feels like, uh, whether physical proximity to the officials or just kind of how connected the sport is, um, there is a little, I don't know, the coaches have a lot of say over, over how, how high these refs can climb the the hierarchy and all that. So I don't know. it's It's kind of a weird thing. Next question. Next question. Um, what would the line be set at for a match between 2020 Nick Lee and 2019 Yanni? I'm split. I'm, I'm really – I was thinking about this. So this is actually a really good question. I'm split on this because I would love to see 
Nick Lee in a field with Jaden Ironman. And, and I know we saw them in freestyle, right? I feel like that's different. Um, but, you know, Ironman and Yanni being out of this weight class, I think definitely changes the composition of the weight class. And we talked yesterday about how good Nick Lee is. And I, you know, I argued he should be really a re- reasonable Hodge contender. So uh, I feel like it's tough saying without having those guys in the, you know, in the weight class. And then we've also seen Yanni look just so outstanding, say, at the U.S. Open and the trials and, and Final X last year. Um, and we've also seen him, he, you know, he didn't look all that great, which I know maybe he's coming off injury at the U.S. Open this year. So it's like, which Yanni do we see? We did, he didn't look that great at the NCAAs last year, right, where he barely beat Joe McKenna. So which, which Yanni shows up? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I, I, when I think about Yanni and Nick Lee, I think immediately about the comparisons between Nick Lee and Zane. And I don't think Nick Lee is as good as Zane. I think that's I think that's ridiculous. And when I watch the Yanni Zane matches, um, man, they are so they're so neck and neck. They're so close to one another. They go back and forth. Uh, and, and so I don't know. Just that I know that transitive property is not uh, always reliable. But I don't know. All that factored in, I think I think Yanni's a, a point better than than um, than Nick Lee. In terms of where do you set the line? I mean, I don't think the line is yeah. probably different than half a point. Um, yeah, but so you, I think it'll be. Who super do you set? You, you set it at. Do you set it at zero? Then do you set it at even money? I, and just say who wins, or do you set it at you know give Yanni uh, you know a point or so Nickley a point or two? I probably I go like that's tough. Yanni, Yanni, uh, maybe a half point minus Plus half one, point. Half or well, no, but it can't be a tie, so that's impossible. You know what I'm saying? That yeah. a half point is the same as even money. So you'd have yeah. to go one one and a half to make it interesting. So that would mean Yanni winning by one or Yanni winning by two. If it was if it was set at one and a half, I oh man, that would be I think that's the right line because I I can't I can't decide. Um what would you take if it was one and yeah. a half? I would take Yanni. I I think Nick Lee is extremely good. He's really good. I think yeah. Yanni and folk style is just better. And I, I would. Yeah. <clears throat> the baby. I'm going Yanni. Nick Lee <clears throat> with the one and a half. I'm going Yanni wins by one. <laughs> the. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I get really triggered when I see the. the um, Uh-oh. The... Kyle's getting triggered. I, I never heard Kyle go off on a really pissed off rant. Let's go. I don't, I don't do know it. if I'm going to get really pissed off about it. I just think it's silly. The Penn State fans calling Nick Lee baby Zane. Yeah. Like, I've never seen that. Oh, they do. They do. Like, oh, jeez. Um, the, the dude. Nick Lee's been fifth at NCAA the past two years. Yeah. Zane had. Well, Zane. Zane was fifth once. His his freshman year. You're correct. And his losses were to Logan yeah. Sieber and Mitchell Port. His losses okay. weren't to Ryan Deal, and uh, was Jane Ironman for fifth. Yeah. He got get, he got pinned by Ryan Deal. And then uh, it's not so good. Zane's sophomore year, he sh- arguably should have won the Hodge and had ridiculous yeah. bonus percentage and was pinning everybody. It was turning and pinning the number two guy in the country. Um, and then in the NCAA finals as a senior, he texted LeVon Mays. Like, he was just on a different – and pinned Sorensen in the semis. Yeah, yeah. Like, he was just on a completely different planet from everybody else. And while Nick Lee has been – outstanding this year he's not on zane's level 
I agree. Baby Zane. I'm just going to say that just to get you. <laughs> yeah, I heard that rant yesterday. And the thing that I convinced me, yeah, the top wrestling, right? Like he's, you don't fear for your yeah. life when, no. when <laughs> Nick Lee's on top of you like you do when Zane is. He's good on top. He's riding people and he's turning. He's getting, he's getting starting to get a couple turns now. He didn't used to get almost any, but now he's starting to get a few. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, he probably get he he goes feet to back a decent amount too, or at least transitions really well from. It's not like where Zane would get the takedown and then he would set up his legs and then he would get the turn. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, let's do let's do this for the last question to call okay. and call it a show. I, I think it's, you you guys have to pick one. What match are you most looking forward to at Big Tens? Ooh, this is fun. Let's list. This is a, some of the options he gave out: Lee Pletcher okay. two, Kimmer Hall two, Sebastian Santo, Paris Stevenson, Paris Cassiope two, all the rest of the one thirty three, Sasso Lugo two. Discuss, please. We will. Kevin I know Boulder. what. Ooh, I know what I want. Okay, I want Sebastian Santo. It's something Damn that it. we have not. <laughs> I'm gonna say that. It's well, we ha- we haven't seen it before, which is uh, a big deal. Both of them have. Fiery personalities, which means something very interesting can happen. And they're both um, high-volume offense. So, you know, I'm like I, – I, I'm having a hard time, in, my, in you know, picturing what it's going to look like. Yeah. yeah. Um, I could absolutely – like you're talking about that, the fiery personalities. You don't know what's going to happen. Last year at Big Tens when DeSanto and Suriano wrestled. Oh, yeah. I've never been at a tournament with like four mats going on. But you could just feel everyone watching this corner mat and like every uh-huh. little thing that happened, everyone would react to it. Like at Big Tens, it's really evenly split up, like all the fan bases. Like every team has a decent crowd there. Obviously, like Penn State and Iowa and Minnesota had bigger ones because it was there, but they were all invested into this match. They were all, they all had a side they were cheering for <laughs> um, because Suriano is not the most well liked wrestler either. So not everyone was just cheering against DeSanto. It was insane. Um, and then all the stuff that happened after the match where Terry and Suriano yep, were pointing at yep. each other. Ah. I could absolutely see that happening. Um, and that, man, that would be so much fun. So Inside much Inside the rack because <laughs> you know New Jersey's going to get behind Sebastian. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, 100%. So, yeah, that, that one. But I guess if you take that one, I'll take – uh, Gable, you Mason. can take that. You can take that That's- one too. I mean, I think we could all take the same one if it's that good. Yeah, yeah. But one, I guess one, one a uh, then would be Paris and Steve. I agree. That man, I cannot wait to see that match. I I think yep. Mason Paris is like a lot closer than people think, and I it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me if he wins that match. He he like the way he beat Zare, and the way that he's beat everybody this year. Um, they're just very different wrestlers, and he's he's gotten so good. I think I think Mason Paris Gable Stevenson is going to be ma- the, uh, amazing. The we kind of mentioned it last show, but the Paris Hilger match was three one. It was yeah. really good, a really good match, and really fun scrambles. Um, and man, yeah, for for heavyweights, dude, they, they scrambled their butts off. There's a there was a handful which ended up being stalemated, but they were just like mm-hmm. really really good action. Yeah, for a three one match, there was a lot more action than that. But that kind of that kind of worries me for Mason Paris a yes. little bit with Gable though because you mentioned it last show Ben. He's really good when dudes shoot on him, 
And yeah. is Gable just going to pick Mason apart if he just keeps shooting? And because Hilger could scramble with Mason and tie him up and get these stalemates and almost score. Gable's yeah. going to be able to. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it, there, I, I, Trent could scramble, but, you know, he, he did let Mason get to his legs a few times. But it, it, is Gable going to be able to just shut him down and hit the go-behinds or hit, yep. hit reattacks? I mean, that's yeah, that's worrisome. Yeah, that's that kind of made me think this might just be – I'm not saying next topic, but Gable might just be in the driver's seat. I don't know. I'm curious. We'll see. I, I'm curious too because, yeah, I mean, th- there that's one angle, but then it's like – Damn the way that the way that he manhandled Anthony Cassiope, that was just really really impressive. Yeah. I mean, when you see that, it's like, oh my goodness, maybe, maybe he can go with Gable. So yeah. yeah, it's a tough one for me. The one the the result I can't get out of my head is Mason Paris smashing Zare from Iran. Like <laughs> that, I can't get that out of my head. That, that dude beat Makov. That dude beat Petrius Vili. Like he and he smashed him. That guy killed Kirkfleet. And yeah. And Mason kill him. So I don't know. I just, I don't know. I don't know how it'll happen, but um, how that match will go down. But I really can't wait. The other match, I was tempted to say Kemmer Hall too, because that first match was amazing. But uh, yeah. one that's not on this list is uh, Chenzo Marinelli Part Four. Sure. Normally, wow. like after in a series, the the third or fourth match, like it starts to get tighter and they guys close down but like these guys are required by law to start in a body lock and like they just they go they go crazy i just i don't know that that match they had in the duel i feel like was the best match they've had of all three so i i feel like that fourth match is gonna be really cool too i'm, I'm looking forward to that I, be... I feel like the, the hall kemmer is gonna be a letdown a little bit because really? the duel beat was so so good there's no i just don't feel like there's any way that the next match can be as good as the previous one yeah I mean, it was just so good. The dual meet was just awesome. Yeah, uh, Carver environment might have helped with that a little bit. Yes, absolutely. Um, that the rack might not help as much. <laughs> um, <clears throat> all right. Do you guys want to talk about your favorite wrestling shoes of all time? Do you have a favorite pair, Ben? Brutus, the the, the brand new ones, the second Kyle Snyder's. Very nice. Oh, I can't. Man, I had I had an old school pair of Asics Tigers back in the day that uh, that were pretty cool. White, they were white, like the white old school with the black uh, black Asics logo. Those were my favorite. I got a couple pulled up here. The 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 Kale V ones. Those were those were awesome. I remember I, those? I had a pair of those, the blue and red ones. I loved those. And then the um, I had a pair of the Asics Fifty Fours. Yeah, why? I don't know why they ever stopped making those. Everyone loved those. And yeah, they just decided to stop making them. Yeah, I really like those. And then, um, pretty much all throughout high school, I wore uh, the black and red Rulons. Uh, I really enjoyed. Yeah, those are awesome. It's like having a tire tread on the bottom of your foot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, we can play that music. It was a good show, and uh, we'll be back tomorrow to talk. Uh, you and I, Wisconsin, you can't beat a little Thursday night wrestling. Um, Iowa, Oklahoma State, in my opinion, the best rivalry in college wrestling. Um, and who knows what else we'll talk about. Maybe uh, we'll learn some more about this doping stuff. Um, maybe we'll get some more breaking news. But till then, keep it tuned on flowwrestling.com for all the best uh, wrestling news. Ben, we'll see you tomorrow. Peace. Brad, you thanks later. for joining us. Glad to be here. See you.